In this video, we're gonna look at the Rockefellers, life insurance and trust, and not only what they have all in common, but how you can learn from the Rockefeller family and very other wealthy individuals that use trust and life insurance. Some people call this the waterfall method. Our friend Garrett Gunderson wrote what would the Rockefellers and changed that title to what would billionaires do? Because uh, in fact, there's a lot of powerful people that understand the benefits of life insurance, but also understand the benefits of trust and make sure that every generation is wealthier and wealthier. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. With that, I'm going to turn it over to the one and only Dom Rufran, who's going to draw this out, actually has the drawing out already. And I'm excited to dive into this because we did a video a couple years ago on the Rockefeller method slash waterfall method. And some of our old videos can be cringy at times. You're like, wow, like we are in a closet talking <laughs> and it's cool. It's, it brings back good memories, but I think we can actually share better information and make it cleaner. And since this is something that people want to learn more about, uh, and rightfully, I'm excited to dive into this, man. Amazing. Just so you know, the strategy behind this and the objective behind this is to keep money in the family for generations and generations to come. You always talk about two different families, one, the Vanderbilts, and then the Rockefellers. Vanderbilts at one point in time were the most wealthiest family, point blank, period. And to this day, they don't have really anybody that has created generational wealth from that time back in the late 1980s. Then you start to look at oh, 1980s. Wow, 1890s. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. They keep going. And then I want to I want to talk about the situation before we jump into the drawing. So yeah, after, cool. okay. We always talk about two families. We talk about the Vanderbilts and we talk about the Rockefellers. The Rockefellers are a family that have kept generational wealth since the 1800s in their family to this day. Billions and billions of dollars of assets, net worth still in their name because they've used this strategy. Then you have the Vanderbilts on the other side that did not use this strategy who are wealthier than the Vanderbilt than the <clears throat> who were wealthier than the Rockefellers at one point in time. And they now do not have anything to their name, their legacy, because they did not use a strategy, except maybe the University of Vanderbilt. Yeah. <laughs> the University of Vanderbilt is definitely using this strategy. So before we dive into your beautiful drawing, I want to just give the concept so that you have a pre-frame when you're looking at this drawing. So the concept is each generation, like the trust is owning the life insurance. And essentially, it's every time someone is born into the family, they're getting life insurance on their name, but it's owned by the trust. And so the trust is continuing to fund life insurance and, and you're going to continue to compound and control your money. And so you can use it like the banking strategy, but each kid, regardless if they're a train wreck in life or not, that money after they, they die, that death benefit goes back to the trust. And so each generation, the trust gets larger and larger. And this is how some people can use this from a standpoint of having life insurance on multiple generations, you're almost guaranteeing if you do it this this way, no matter what happens to one of your kids, based on the setup, each generation will become wealthier and wealthier. And that's why so many people are interested in this because they get the power of infinite banking and the power of life insurance. But the idea of the waterfall method, i.e. growing and growing your wealth, but generation to generation, guaranteed is pretty attractive. I love that. That was a great overview. All right, let's jump in. All right, so Caleb did a amazing job of discussing and talking about. Look, we can start over. Yeah, yeah. I, this isn't drum. I did it so like I could touch it and people could know where we were at. Yeah, the problem with that is then your finger draws. Well, if I just put a dot, maybe they can just keep an idea. The, the, or else, what other the, way could we bit, do it? No, the thing. The should I use the mouse? No, we're good here. 
do you want to just use the highlighter or do you not you just want to touch yeah i just want to point you guys like hey the trust like this box here that's... they can't see that i know that's why i'm asking like how do i, you do I would just highlight or would that just get messy maybe have yeah. a blue is there not a mouse that works on this that just could be like yeah you we could use the mouse it just doesn't if i get to say here. I, a lot of people probably may not be able to see that or not but okay okay but mm. they, it's better than nothing all I need is something. So even if it's a black dot, they're just not that, but obviously. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, how about this? How about this? We'll do this. And then Joel and the editing team can maybe. Are like, we still like, rolling? So yeah, they know we're this? still rolling. Cool. So Joel, just pay attention. All right. And, and make this look good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Caleb did an amazing job of talking about the concept. And now we're going to look into how this can practically go into strategy. So first and foremost, this is not legal advice. This is just sharing with you how the strategy works. Okay, there's three important people when it comes to this concept. Okay, there's going to be the grantor, there's going to be the trustee and the beneficiary. Okay, the grantor is essentially the person that is setting up the trust. Okay, that is the person that is going to pay the premiums to the trust to then pay the premiums for the life insurance policy, okay? So it's just, it sounds complicated, but just essentially think of you're the one who sets this up, which will likely be you who is watching this video. You will then pay dollars to the actual trust, which the trustee was then supposed to come in and execute on that, which will then pay the premiums to the life insurance company. So that's when the trust will essentially be funded. So you can see here, we have this grantor being pointed to the life insurance trust. You can see dollars going into the trust, life insurance is inside the trust. After that, when the grantor dies, because the grantor is the owner, or excuse me, the grantor is the insured, the insured dies, a death benefit is then paid out. When that death benefit is essentially paid out, it's going to pay out to the beneficiary, which is the trust. The trust is essentially dollars are going to funnel to that trust. And once the dollars funnel to that trust, those dollars have to be distributed somewhere. So what is going, where are those dollars going to be distributed to? It's exactly what the grantor, the original person who set it up, wanted to happen, even if they are dead. And so to our right over here, there's a legal document and it's, there's a box in it that talks about that says, this is how the trust operates. So the grantor set up this legal document is saying, I want this to operate exactly how I want, even if I'm alive or dead or alive, it doesn't really matter. I want the trust to operate in this form or fashion. Now, how, do that, the, how does that actually happen? Who's in charge of that? That's where the trustee comes into play. The trustee is the individual who essentially controls the trust, who executes on the grantor's wishes. If the grantor's wishes was to essentially make sure that when the death benefit gets paid out to the trust as the beneficiary, that more death benefit, more insurance policies are bought on every single person in the family, then that's exactly how it'll be executed. So just to summarize, grantor pays for policy premiums, life insurance, when that grantor dies, gets paid out to the beneficiary of the trust, that trust will then buy more life insurance on more people in the family. And then when those people die, those death benefits will then become the go back to the trust as well because the beneficiary of those life insurance policies is also the trust. And along the way, the cash value was used for assets, for income, for ways to improve society, way to build bigger, better buildings, churches, schools, give back to charity. And so this is how Wealth stays within the family because it is all controlled and beneficiaried by the trust. And it is also creditor protected as well 
due to the fact that it's going to be an irrevocable trust where this cannot be reversed once it is set up by the grantor either. I love it. I, it's one of those things that it can sounds very technical, but it's really there's three three people involved. There's the person that gets it set up. It's the trustee that controls the trust because it could trust could be hundred plus years in the making. So they're the ones that are actually looking at the documents and controlling the trust. And then there's the beneficiary, the person that get, is getting life insurance, the insured. And those insured also have to have some type of relationship with the trust. And it's as our friend Jeremy would say, it's a self-looking ice cream cone. And it's yeah. just getting, it's just compounding and compounding. Um, do you have anything else to say on this? Because I think I would like to talk about how families, regular families that maybe don't want to set up an irrevocable trust could use what we call the waterfall method. Yeah, that's right. So when we think of like, how do you practically use this? You may be watching this and you're like, okay, I get it. I want to set this up. We would love to serve you. We would love to help you. And there's ways that you can contact us and learn more about the strategy. But you might be watching this and go, okay, I like the concept of each generation becoming wealthier and wealthier, but what we didn't show you in this is there's expenses to maintaining trust. And then there's also when you set up irrevocable trust, there's some negatives involved. And some of the negatives is you're losing some of the flexibility in it. And I think this makes sense if you're super wealthy. But if you're a family that um, maybe has a couple million dollars to your name, and there's even some people that are, are like, are you serious? I don't even have a couple million dollars, but I still want to buy into this every generation getting wealthier and wealthier. Here's a very practical way that you can do this. Make sure that every person in your family, from maybe you, the grandparent, to you, the son, the middle, what do you call it? Like, you, the grandparent, your kids. About three, oh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so here's a really practical way that you can do this. If you're grandparents watching this, and you have kids that are married, and maybe you have grandchildren, and maybe your grandchildren have kids, this, is, this will be a perfect example. You are going to most likely die before your kids and your grandchildren. And let's just say you have life insurance and whether you utilize your life insurance throughout your life or not, you have a permanent death benefit. And that permanent death benefit is at the top. So think of the top of the waterfall. And then maybe you have two two kids that are married, okay? They both have life insurance with their families. And maybe they have children. And each one of them, you buy a life insurance policy when they're little and it's compounding machines. And we'll just keep it three generations for now. When you pass away, your death benefit is going to pass down to your kids, whether it's in a trust or whether it's them directly. Let's say that they're utilizing their life insurance policy and they have outstanding loans and they're maybe paying for college or buying assets. And maybe they decide they don't want to pay back that loan during that time, but you're, they're getting your death benefit. They could, number one, buy more life insurance save or invest that money, or we what we call backfill their life insurance policies continuing to create a greater generation. And that ripple effect or that waterfall method, if every person did that, you might have a son or daughter, or you might have a grandchild who is a disaster. But if they have life insurance, they can only be a disaster for so long. And at the end of the day, they, they will die and that death benefit will pass on regardless of what they've done with their life. Now, and I don't say that in disrespect. Obviously, everyone is valuable in the eyes of God. I'm just more saying this from a standpoint of this is how people can ensure that this is being done. Now, the disadvantage of that, of what I just walked you through, is it just takes one person to decide, oh, I don't want to do this. The trust 
mandates you to be able to do this. And it's very unlikely long term without something like a trust or like a guiding documents that people will in this because early on in life insurance, it's not that exciting. And you would rather go put your money in other places. But when you start seeing the legacy and foundation, when we talk about it being a foundational asset, it really amplifies that over 150, 200 years. And I'm just saying that from looking into history because we're babies when it comes to understanding the true benefit of generational wealth. Yeah, Caleb said it great. So in theory, if you are somebody who is at the beginning stage of building wealth still, right? The Rockefellers are setting this up. They already had lots to protect, the generations and generations of high-level wealth. If you're somebody who's still building, you're still going to want a lot of that control. You're going to want to be able to use your dollars to go invest in other assets to produce more cash flow that you then can set up something of this complexity. And so what he said is a great way to start off is, hey, let's do the waterfall method without the trust. But I think it is important at some point that the people that are waterfall down are educated enough to understand this concept, but also to understand money because what's the saying you can, you can teach someone how to, or you can get some, you can give someone a fish. You can give somebody a fish, but you can't teach them how to, no, it's better to teach. (laughs) You you could, you can either give someone a fish or teach them the fish and teaching them the fish is more self-sustaining. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's better to teach someone how to fish than give them a fish, right? Because then they can be self-sustained indefinitely and then they can pass that knowledge down to generations. So I actually like a saying that I heard once, which is you don't necessarily pass down wealth to the next generation. You pass down education to the next generation because you can pass down a bunch of wealth. But if that person can squander and lose it all in the blink of an eye within literally a year, which is what the Vanderbilts did. And so nonetheless... This strategy is an amazing strategy. It definitely makes sense for specific individuals. And looking at it from an irrevocable standpoint, when it is irrevocable, when you're younger, I think that's a very big disadvantage as well because life can happen, things can happen. A bunch of things can happen in your life when you're younger to your older, obviously. A revocable trust in that scenario could make a lot of sense, but then there's some disadvantages along those as well with in potentially like lack of control or creditors protection can get into it still because it is revocable and can change. So th- there's long... <clears throat> So long story short, here just time out. Re- revocable trust. The major disadvantage is, is it's not estate tax free. That's the main difference between a revocable. You have still you can control a revocable trust, but it's not estate tax free. That's so. You have the control because you can cancel it at any time. Yeah, you can literally. It's, you can revoke it at any time. But I just meant from the control while it's in there. You can still okay. Yeah. I mean, it's the same same as it like yeah. the irrevocable trust and revocable trust. You can't use it the same way while it's in there because obviously it's being controlled by the trustee. But if you really wanted it, you could cancel the trust and start over. So we can remove that part no, of no, it. No, let's. Yeah, I just I didn't. I, yeah, I think we were just. Splitting I said hairs. it differently to yeah. where. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember where we're at. Let's just wrap it up. Long story short. <laughs> well, Joel's wrap one. I'll jump in until you. And I do it. Well, you were going to repeat something. Yeah, and I forgot. Okay. Joe, you're going to do some serious editing on the back yeah, end of this. This is a good video so far, though. <laughs> so, Joe, so just in summary, we talked about the Rockefeller method, how they use irrevocable trust. We also talked about the Waterfell method. And I think we can all agree that this is a really good example of how wealth is more than just the money that you pass on, but the values. And as we like to say at Better Wealth, intentional living is wealth. And one of the best things you can do, regardless of how much money you have, and if you if the strategy even makes sense for you, is the values, is your grandchildren going to actually know what you stood for? And for someone who doesn't have kids, I, I want to start thinking about my money 
in that way and how much more powerful that will be with the ripple effect. And I know that being a new father, that probably just amplifies the idea of life insurance and the Rockefeller method even more. Yeah, 100%. And the last thing that I'll say is if this is something that you do want to get set up, it's super important that you work with an attorney and it's state specific because there's different state laws per essentially trust and things like that. So I would encourage that. And then obviously to set up the life insurance, that's super important to have that funded appropriately based off your goals. And so to work with a professional in that category is also important as well. Hey, we appreciate you watching these videos. Thank you for subscribing, sharing, and commenting. It really helps other people like be aware of these strategies. If you want to learn more about the AND Asset and life insurance, check out the AND Asset Vault below. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.